0: Welcome! As we continue our teachings in the New Testament, we are still in the book of Matthew. Here is Dr. Ruth with today's lesson, teaching us how the Lord Jesus has set a precedent for how to overcome temptations from the devil. I am Chris Oram. Let us join Dr. Ruth now. Hello there. Welcome to today's teaching. This is Dr. Ruth. We continue our teaching here in the New Testament. We are in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 4. Praise the Lord. And um, let me tell you right now so you can write this down. What I am about to cover um, here, the first 11 verses or so, you can find similar information in Mark chapter 1. Verses 12, 13, Luke 4, 1 through 13. So what is the gist of this chapter? The gist of this chapter here, chapter 4, out of the book of Matthew, is about the temptation of the Lord Jesus Christ in the wilderness and how he overcame the temptation and how he began to preach his message and the calling of his first Uh, disciples and we will start to get a glimpse of the healing ministry of jesus christ so even before i get into these verses let us lay some foundational work here about the temptation of jesus christ first of all we're going to learn a lot we're going to learn that this temptation of jesus christ really revealed to us the humanity of jesus christ okay that he truly was a human being like one of us. The difference is that Jesus Christ, being 100% God and 100% man, he limited himself as God so he could experience humanity, so he can relate to what we are facing in this dark world. And uh, the Bible teaches us, uh, such as out of First John 2, 15 through 16, That temptations usually come from three realms of life, the physical, spiritual, and pride. The epistle of uh, John says, verse 16 there, 1 John 2, 15 through 16, "...for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father but from the world." So we are often tempted uh, uh, in these three areas. And we will see how the Lord Jesus was tempted by Satan from these three realms of life. Okay, so uh, some background information here still. Jesus' temptation, like I said earlier, showed that he was really a human being. Now, (laughs) think about this. If Jesus Christ, a perfect sinless human being could be tempted by Satan? What about you? Satan tempts everybody, especially if you are walking in the light. The moment you call yourself a child of God or a Christian, Satan will tempt you. No one is exempt from temptation. It's how you handle it. And we're going to learn how to handle temptations from the Lord Jesus here. And temptation in and of itself is not sin okay jesus christ was a perfect sinless man he got tempted that doesn't mean he sinned no a tempting thought from the enemy is not sin however when we act on it then it becomes sin so don't be deceived that when you are tempted it's because you are sinning no 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 when you act on it then it can become sin. So, number three, temptations are real. When you are being tempted, it is real. Because Satan is a real foe. He has been defeated. But Satan is real. Okay? Demonic forces or Satan are real forces. They are fallen angels who really are after to destroy God's children. And they... The primary goal of Satan, obviously, is to kill, steal, and destroy. The Lord teaches us that out of the Gospel of John 10.10. And Satan does that by, he wants to tempt you to live according to the flesh or to live according to the standards of the world and away from godly standards. And we're going to see how he attempted to tempt Jesus to do likewise. Satan would want to tempt us away from the things of God, thereby blocking or preventing God's perfect will from manifesting in our lives. So, uh, like I said earlier, uh, we live in a fallen world, spiritual warfare is real. And Satan tempted the Lord Jesus in an attempt for Jesus to declare his kingship prematurely. In other words, Satan was attempting to redirect Jesus' focus and his ministry, trying to pull Jesus towards physical things versus the spiritual matters of the forgiveness of sins, which was Jesus' primary mission. So Satan would attempt to redirect Jesus away from his primary calling. Exactly the same thing he is doing today. Trying to redirect us away from God's primary calling in our lives. And Satan would question and attack Jesus' identity. And he is doing the same today. Okay? And he uh, tempted Jesus to use his power as son of God prematurely. And lastly, Jesus was very vulnerable He had fasted for about 40 days. He was tired. He was hungry. That was when Satan attacked. Just like he is doing today. He will attack us at the point that we are very vulnerable. So we have to be alert. And this temptation really showed Jesus' humility. Because Jesus was 100% God, 100% man. Jesus could have just decided to act as God and and not as a human being during this period of his temptation, but he really revealed his humility here throughout this. So there is a lot we're going to learn from this, okay? Hello, friends. This is Dr. Ruth here. Thank you for joining me today. I would like to share with you our ministry offer that is available to you as a donation to this ministry throughout my teachings out Of the Gospels so I have two resources that I know will bless you tremendously because these two books have blessed hundreds of people so the two books all have to do with the ministry of Jesus Christ so the first one is titled who is the real Jesus and the second one is titled are you moving forward with Jesus So for a ministry donation of $50 or more, this includes shipping and handling, if you live here in the USA, we will mail these two books to you today, okay? It will provide added clarity, added teaching about the Gospels, the ministry of Jesus, the work of Christ. These are phenomenal resources that would add into the teaching here I'm doing in the Gospels and, and help you to really have a deeper revelation and walk with the Lord. So again, this comes to us as a donation, and we thank you in advance for considering that. Again, the books are Who is the Real Jesus? And the other one is Are You Moving Forward with Jesus for a ministry donation of $50 or more? if you live in the USA but if you cannot afford both books and you just want one it's okay too we thank you for your donation so who is the real Jesus for a donation of $25 or more including shipping and handling and then the other book are you moving forward with Jesus would be $35 including shipping and handling we will mail these books to you today the advantage of getting both books is that you would save ten dollars okay so again this ministry offer is only available for those who live within the usa because we cannot ship overseas but if you live overseas and you're listening to me you can get these books from amazon so here is how you can donate through us directly to get this book as a ministry offer our safe and secure website is drruthtanyorg slash donate. Again, drruthtanyorg slash donate. And then uh, if you live in the USA, we also receive donations through Zelle. And here's the telephone number for Zelle. 909 Again, 909 5019031 and then we also accept donations through Cash App and the name there is the dollar sign Dr Ruth Tani Or if you just want to bless us with a one-time donation to help us produce more teachings like this and pay for studio time, we thank you abundantly uh, from the bottom of our hearts and God says thank you. And God is so faithful that he will bless you back abundantly, exceedingly. So I want to thank you in advance for purchasing these additional ministry resources to help you to gain a better revelation of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, we thank you. Here is the teaching. So let us go over these verses here. Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The Bible teaches us that many great men of the faith, uh, such as Moses and Abraham were really tested in the wilderness. So we see the Lord Jesus here heading into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan, but that would also become his test. And uh, verse 2, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Like I had said, the Lord Jesus was really, really vulnerable. Verse three, the tempter here, this is referring to Satan, came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Right away, we are seeing here how Satan is tempting. The Lord Jesus attacking his identity. If you are the son of God, just like he is doing it today, coming to us and saying, if you really are a child of God, how come you're struggling with your your finances? If you are really a child of God, how come you're going through a divorce? Friend, those are all tricks of the enemy causing us to question who we are in Christ. Don't allow him to to deceive you about your firm solid identity in Christ as a child of God. God is for you, not against you, regardless of what you are going through. We see Satan here questioning Jesus's identity. If you are the son of God, do this. Who? Who, my goodness, trying to to tempt Jesus to act prematurely or trying to tempt Jesus to Act in pride to prove himself as a son of God. But you know, Jesus knew who he was. Likewise, when you know who you are in Christ, you don't have to prove yourself to nobody. You just have to be humble. Okay? Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The Lord Jesus was quoting scripture Deuteronomy 8.13. The antidote for overcoming the lies of Satan is the word of God, which is life and is medicine. So we see the Lord Jesus here already setting a precedence how to overcome the lies from the enemy using truth, the word of God. Because the only way to overcome lies is with truth. And what is truth? Jesus is truth. The word of God is truth. So when you are being tempted by the enemy, quoting scriptures, which is truth, is the best medicine to overcome that. We see the Lord Jesus teaching us how to do that right away. And and again, before I even proceed, Keep in mind that the Lord Jesus was really hungry at this uh, point. So Satan is tempting him with a natural desire. Hunger, thirst. But had Jesus given in and, and supernaturally turned the stones to bread, that would have been acting prematurely, that would have been satisfying his desire at the wrong time. Is this making sense? Jesus was hungry. He could have just made those stones to become bread so he could eat. But he humbled himself. He did not do that. So Satan can tempt us with a natural desire. But if we act incorrectly or if we act prematurely, it becomes sin. For example, sex It's a natural desire. If we are being tempted to have sex prematurely, i.e. before marriage, we have to resist that until we are married, i.e. until the right time, then we can express that desire to have sex with our spouse because then that would honor God. Okay? So it's a similar thing here. So we have to know that these desires have to be used in a godly manner and at the right time. Like we uh, learned here from the Lord Jesus. Moving on. Verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city. The holy city here is referring to Jerusalem. And had him stand on the highest point of the temple. (laughs) Satan is showing him the world. Lost of the eyes. Verse 6. If you are the son of God, there we go again, attacking the identity of Jesus. He said, throw yourself down, for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. We see the enemy, Satan. According Psalm 91 verse 11, by the way, he has twisted the scripture. He is quoting it incorrectly. I will let you go and look at the way Satan quoted the scripture here. And you go back to the original Psalm 91 and do the comparison for yourself. But the bottom line here is that we see Satan twisting scripture to tempt and manipulate the Lord Jesus. Boy, the enemy is still doing that today. Have you met people who use scripture inappropriately? Who quote scripture to manipulate you to act incorrectly? Friend, we have to be careful. Because the ways of Satan is still the same. In the same way he tempted Adam and Eve. In the same way he came to Jesus planting doubt or manipulating God's word. In the same way he will come to you. Satan will come to you through friends, through acquaintances, and at times, unfortunately, through family members. And they would twist scripture, which is why it's so important for you to understand the totality of scripture. Because if people take scriptures out of context and they present it to you and you don't understand scripture, you could easily fall prey to such temptations and act. So it is your responsibility to know scripture in context and totality of God's teaching. Which is why I'm happy for you that you are listening to this teaching because it shows that you want to be well equipped to fight the lies of the enemy. And Ephesians chapter 6 verses 11 through 17 there teaches us how to put on the full armor of God against the lies of the enemy. So the word of God is really our only and the best weapon against the lies from Satan. So now after Satan had Satan, the devil, demons is all referring to the same thing. fallen angels. I use the terminology interchangeably. After the devil had misquoted scripture. Let's look at the Lord Jesus' response in verse 7. Jesus, Jesus answered him. It is also written. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. We see the Lord Jesus again, quoting Old Testament scriptures, Deuteronomy 6.16. We see the Lord Jesus really not just obeying scriptures, applying scriptures, practicing scriptures. It is not enough to just memorize a scripture. We have to apply it at the right time and we have to practice it. So we see the Lord Jesus applying scriptures against the lies of the enemy and overcoming moving on here in verse eight again the devil took him see the devil wasn't done now the devil is so persistent (laughs) we have to be persistent too as the devil pushes in we have to be pushing and we have to remember the devil can never never win oh please let me say this again he is a defeated foe. He can never win. You know why the enemy can win in your life? is if you give up. Or if you allow him to win. And also keep in mind, when you are fighting temptations, be assured that God, the Holy Spirit, is with you. And honestly, I think this is a good time for me to say this. I have a brand new teaching simply titled Spiritual Warfare. It's three hours of teaching about demonology, the, the devil, where he came from, and how to fight him and how to resist him. It is powerful. So I recommend that you contact the ministry. You can go to the website and order that teaching, Spiritual Warfare. It will really, really bless you because we really are in a spiritual warfare right now. And one way to lose right away is to deny that devil's Or demons are not real. They are real. And they they do attack people. So be equipped. Okay. Get that teaching. It will bless you. So going here. I'm going to just repeat again verse 8. The devil took him. Referring to Jesus now. To a very high mountain. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And their splendor. Again appealing to the physical lust of the eyes. Verse 9. All this, this is the devil speaking now. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Wow. Verse 10. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Again, the Lord Jesus quoting Old Testament. Scripture Deuteronomy 6.13. We see how Satan had attempted to. Tempt Jesus to cause him to be prideful. Appeal to his physical eyes. lust of the flesh. lust of the eyes. We, we are learning how the Lord Jesus overcame using the word of God. Verse 11. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Isn't this something how in the original language, Greek, the angels attending him there means that the angels fed him. So we are learning how after the Lord Jesus overcame the lies of the enemy, he humbled himself, he obeyed, he passed the test with flying colors. Angels then at the right to minister to him and fed him. So when we are going through these temptations, we should be assured that God is with us. And God will minister to us as we go through this and even after we overcome it. So it is very necessary that we don't give in to the lives of the enemy. Okay? So let me just ask you a question. We, we learned here that Satan told the Lord that he will give him all the kingdoms of the world. Now, does Satan have the power to give us or the Lord Jesus back then all the kingdoms of the world absolutely no that was that was a lie satan was referring to implied power which he doesn't have his power is limited Except satan is not omnipotent meaning all powerful no he is limited it was a lie he w- couldn't have wouldn't have given the Lord Jesus all the kingdoms of the world even if he had deceived the Lord Jesus, thank God he did not, and giving him anything, it would have been temporary. But thank God that the Lord Jesus, who passed the test with flying colors. Satan is a liar, father of all lies, the Lord Jesus tells us. Satan is not omnipotent. He is not all-powerful. He cannot give us what he is prophesying or what he is what he is. Uh, Claiming to give us. Satan cannot give us everything. It is a trap. So don't be deceived. Mm-hmm. Don't be deceived by how good things look. The enemy cannot give you the joy and peace you want. That can only come from a relationship with God through Christ. Okay? All right. So uh, that brings us now to the end of the Lord. Uh, Jesus' temptation. Praise the Lord. This is Dr. Ruth. Thank you for joining me today as we study God's word. Friend, as this ministry is blessing you, I want to speak to your heart. Would you consider blessing us back with a one-time donation or become a Christ-centered partner? As a Christ-centered partner, you join hands with us. And with the Lord in the middle, and you pray for us on a regular basis, we pray for you on a regular basis, and then you bless us financially with whatever amount the Lord puts in your heart. And the primary way we will use your financial donation is to pay for studio time so we can produce more Bible teachings like this and to reach more and more people. This is God's will for you, for myself, and for the body of Christ that we give into his work so we can reach many more people. And God is so faithful. He has told us throughout his word that he will bless us back abundantly, exceedingly as we give right back into his work. One scripture you can stand on is Luke 6:38. God will bless you back as you give into this fruitful ministry so we can pay for studio time to produce more shows and reach more people. I also want to leave you with this scripture Just to strengthen you to know that when you give into God's work, God takes it seriously. Deuteronomy 15.10 teaches, give generously okay, to them and do so without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. That is a promise that when you give into God's work, God will take it seriously and he blesses you back abundantly. So friend, as you have been blessed by these teachings, we thank you in advance for blessing us back. So here are some ways you can donate into this ministry anywhere in the world. All you need is internet access. Here is our safe and very secure website. DrRuthTanya.org/donate. Again, it is that ruth tiny.org slash donate. You can make a donation right there. Whatever the Lord puts in your heart, we receive it and we say thank you. If you live in the USA, we also receive donations through Zelle. And here is the telephone number 909 501 9031. Again, 909 501 9031 We also receive donations through Cash App The address there is the dollar sign Dr. Ruth Tany Again, the dollar sign Dr. Ruth Tanyi. Uh, that is for Cash App And we thank you abundantly For investing into this fruitful ministry And together we are advancing God's work And transforming lives So we thank you for your donation And God will bless you back abundantly Exceedingly Here is the teaching. And we move on to the next section here, which begins in verse 12. We will learn how the Lord Jesus begins his ministry. This is amazing because we will learn later on in the Gospel of Luke how the Lord Jesus actually began his ministry after he was filled with the Holy Spirit and after the testing or temptation in the wilderness. It's amazing how um, it was only after the temptation and the test which the Lord Jesus passed with flying colors and being filled with the Holy Spirit that we come to the place where the Lord Jesus begins his public ministry. This brings me to an important principle which the Lord Jesus exemplified which is the fact that being filled with the Holy Spirit is absolutely essential in order to serve in a position as a minister for God. Surely, if the Lord Jesus had to be filled with the Holy Spirit before he began his ministry, boy, we definitely Needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to serve God with boldness and confidence. That way the Holy Spirit will walk through us. And being filled with the Holy Spirit is not magical. It's not difficult. If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, all you have to do is to ask God the Holy Spirit to fill you right now. And He will do so. And obviously, once you are filled, one evidence is speaking in tongues. But that is just one evidence. And I want to highlight that the primary purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit is so that you can be emboldened to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, going back to the Lord Jesus' public ministry... So that begins in verse 12 here. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Verse 13. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. So we see how the Lord Jesus now had moved to the area there of um, Galilee in the town Capernaum right there. And this is to fulfill scripture. This scripture, again, we see Matthew showing how Jesus Christ the Messiah is fulfilling Old Testament prophecy. This was prophesied in Isaiah 9 verses 1 through 2 that a bright light. In fact, let me just read this. Beginning here in verse 15. Just so you know, um, the land of Zeppelin and land of Nephtali were two tribes out of the 12 tribes of Israel. So verse 15 reads, land of Zeppolon and, and land of Nep- Nephtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness, have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. This great light is referring to the presence of Jesus in their midst. Again, fulfilling Old Testament prophecy. We come to verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So we see the Lord Jesus now. He began his public ministry with the same message like John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And I had already explained the meaning of repent and the kingdom of uh, God. So we go to the next and last uh, section here in Matthew chapter 4. This uh, involves the calling of the Lord Jesus' first disciples. You will find a similar information in Mark 1, 16 through 20. Luke 5, 2 through 11. And in John 1, 35 through 42. So I pick it up here in verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. Let me pause here. Apparently, the Gospel of John tells us, you can go back and check this out, John 1:35 through42, that these two brothers were somewhat familiar with the Lord Jesus and His teachings, okay? So continuing here, these two brothers were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Verse 19, "Come, follow me." Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. Obviously to to win souls for the kingdom. These two men were fishermen. Verse 20. At once they left their nets and followed Jesus. Apparently they didn't question like the gospel of John uh, explained. They were familiar with Jesus' teaching. So they just followed him without question. Verse 21. Going on from there. He, this is referring to the Lord Jesus, saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nest. Jesus called them, verse 22, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So again, we see these disciples, the first disciples called obediently, accepted the calling without hesitation. Wouldn't that be awesome if God calls us and we willingly, without hesitation, just follow him? It is an honor to be called by God for his service. All of us Christians are called by God into the ministry of reconciliation. Meaning telling people about the goodness of God. About the fact that Jesus Christ has died and he is alive. They can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Reconcile people back into a relationship with God. All Christians are called to that ministry. But God calls specific people to specific offices such as teachers, pastors, evangelists, prophets. What an honor to be called by God and you acknowledge that because it is really the highest office in the land to work for God. So the point is when God calls us, we should not really hesitate because because God will care for us. God will will truly reveal more of himself to us. We would live a very blessed life working for God than doing anything else. Just like we saw these disciples accepted the calling willingly. Okay, We come to the last few verses in chapter 4 here we will start to get a glimpse of the Lord Jesus' authority over sicknesses and diseases. So, verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Let me pause here. Bible scholars tell us that back then during the ancient nation of Israel, during this time when Jesus was ministering here, any Jewish town or city, if you will, that has over 10 Jewish families, a synagogue would be planted. A synagogue today we would say like a church. And the purpose uh, for the synagogue was for the Jewish people to come in there and listen to the teachings of the rabbis. The synagogue would have administrators, people whose main responsibility was to look for teachers of the law or rabbis, i.e. teachers of the law, who would go there during the Sabbath, i.e. on Saturdays, and teach the law, the law of Moses we will learn moving forward how Jesus would go into various synagogues and teach. So that's really what the synagogue was. So here we see him teaching in the various synagogues already, proclaiming the kingdom of God and healing every disease. Again, showing Jesus' power and authority over every sickness and disease in existence then and today and forevermore. Verse 24 News about him spread all over Syria and people brought brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and they paralyzed, and he healed them. Verse 25 Large crowd from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judah, and the region across the Jordan followed him. Already, Jesus is already famous. His good deeds or good works have spread throughout the region. He was already getting huge following. So we see Jesus' authority over sicknesses and diseases. And we see him healing people. This is giving us a glimpse of what the future kingdom will be when the Lord Jesus comes here and establish his kingdom. This is also giving us a glimpse of what heaven is like. There is no sickness and disease in the presence of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In Jesus' new kingdom, there will be no sickness and diseases. Sicknesses and diseases cannot dwell. Around the Lord Jesus. So we see him exerting his authority. Over every disease in the land. Glory to God. That brings us to the end of chapter 4. So what major principles and application. Can we glean or have we learned from this chapter. Principle number 1. Temptation. Let me say this here. Temptations are not, they are never from God. Temptations are never of God. Let's get this straight. The book of James tells us, James 1, 13, that when we are tempted, we should not say that God is tempting us. For God cannot tempt us. Okay? We are tempted when we fall pray into our own lusts. So God is not the tempter. The tempter is Satan. God will test us and Satan will tempt us. During the temptation, God would would use that as a test to strengthen us. Testing in the life of a believer is a good thing to strengthen our faith, to enable us to be more dependent on God, to help us to be Christ-centered and Christ-focused because we need to depend on him to overcome the temptations. And like I said earlier, temptation in and of itself is not seen. When we act on it, then it becomes seen. Okay? Second principle we learn here is the antidote. To overcome the temptation is the word of God. And uh, the third principle here, we saw prophecy being fulfilled. What is the general application? I have talked about this already. Satan can walk through people to manipulate scriptures, to put us into a place where we compromise. Never compromise. Whatever you compromise to get, you will lose. Compromising is a word from the enemy. All right, And using scripture is the best solution to overcome the lies of Satan. The word of God is the antidote. So how much of the word of God is in you? To the degree or to the extent that you allow the word of God to reign in your soul. To that degree or to that extent you would be ready to overcome the lies of the enemy. It's really up to you and not up to God. God has given us the tools we need. To overcome Satan. I talked about this, Ephesians 6, verses 11 through 17. It is up to us, knowing the word of God is good. Practicing the word of God is what yields the result. We have to be well equipped to understand the totality of scripture. To know scripture in the proper context, so we are not deceived. At the very least, if somebody is quoting scriptures to you, or pointing you to certain scriptures. If you are not sure, you go and do some investigation. Go to the Bible yourself. And if you are a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit indwelling you to warn you. Hey, slow down. Check it out. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. He leads you unto all truths. Truths, rather. And he would confirm scriptures to you. He lives on the inside of you. He inspired the scriptures. So you go back and study the scriptures for yourself and get that confirmation from the Holy Spirit. Do not act on scripture if someone brings it to you and you are not sure. Never act on what you are not sure. Go to the Bible. Verify it yourself. Pray and trust the Holy Spirit. For clarification, and at the very least, contact your pastor or a Bible teacher for further clarification. Do not be deceived. We have all the answers in the Bible. So trust the Word of God. It is your only antidote. And again, for those of you who are struggling with trusting the Word of God, I have a book simply titled, Can I Trust the Bible as God's Word? I recommend you read that simple book, less than 100 pages. It will really strengthen your faith. Okay? In Jesus' name, I hope you receive all that. Father God, I thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for your revealed word, which is powerful. Your word is you. You are your word. We cannot separate. Thank you for your word, which has the answers to all of our problems. Help us, Holy Spirit. Teach us, Holy Spirit, our teacher. How to not just know the word of God, but how to apply it into our lives practically so we can see results. Teach us, Holy Spirit, how to use the word of God as our only and our best weapon against the lies of the enemy. Help us, God. We rely on you. We rely on your strength. We thank you for we believe you have answered this prayer And you are helping us to walk in the light. I have prayed in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and everyone who agrees says, Amen. We trust that you have now been equipped on how to confidently use God's Word to overcome the lies and deception from your enemy, the devil himself. So may you walk in that confidence today and always. In Jesus' name, Amen.